Welcome to New Covenant Perspectives with Pastor Kenneth Reed. Here's your host, Pastor Kenneth Reed. Welcome to today's edition of New Covenant Perspectives. I'm your host, Pastor Ken Reed. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to join us for this broadcast. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 4 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits. Verse 3, Who forgives all of your iniquities and who heals all of your diseases. And finally, verse 4, Who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Wow, there are a lot of amazing promises and things to remember about this. But I love verse 2 as it seeks to remind us not to forget all of its benefits. And I always like to remind us that the reason that that portion of Scripture is in the Scripture is because all of us, you, me, and everybody, we all tend to forget the benefits of the Lord. Especially when it when it, you know, especially when you really need to remember them, that's when you seem to forget them. When you are being challenged uh, and things are nothing seems to be going right on your behalf, you need to remember all the benefits of the Lord. And he says in verse three that he forgives all of your sin and all of your iniquity, your past sin, your present sin, and your future sin has all been forgiven through the body of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses us from all sin. And the scriptures declare that through the blood of Jesus Christ, you and I have become the righteousness of God in him. Beloved, We have to choose to remember that. Some days it's easy. Some days it's more of a challenge. It is my hope that you experience God's richest blessing and all the benefits available in this new covenant that may be be yours in an overflowing and abundant manner. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for grace and mercy. Father, we come into your presence now. Holy Spirit, You see us, and you know us, and you know everything about us. Our lives are an open book to you. Lord, you said that we are naked in your presence. There's nothing about our lives that we can hide from you. Father, you know every fear and every area where we overthink about our own selves. Lord, we choose right now to renounce every way that's corrupt, every way that's unlike you. And by faith in your faithfulness, by faith in the authority of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we place our hands into your hands, and we trust you now to be merciful and gracious to us. Thank you, Father, for that mercy and grace that you promised to provide for us. And you've encouraged us, Lord, and you've authorized us to come boldly into your presence and receive it. And we do so now by the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, our word of encouragement for this lesson series is the word vow. 
It is defined as follows, a solemn, unbreakable promise or an unchangeable oath. A vow is one of the deepest forms of commitment possible. It is to swear with the full knowledge of the risk of consequences and even a curse should you fail to keep your word. Beloved, making a vow is no joke. It is serious and potentially lethal if made carelessly in the heat of a moment. Many have made an emotional vow in a moment without thinking, and this to their own detriment. Every vow is infused with the power of enforcement for either good or evil. Vows are not designed for a short-term resolution, but they have a lingering lifetime impact. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 36, that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they've spoken. Think about that. On the day of judgment, you and I will have to give an account for every careless word that we've spoken. With that said, consider also the instructions in James 1.19, where it says everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now listen, for a more detailed presentation of this and other words, check out my latest book, 50 Words of Encouragement Just For You, Volume 1, by Pastor Ken Reed. You'll find a detailed presentation of this word along with a host of others. And I believe as you prayerfully consider each of these words, God's grace and God's wisdom will prevail in your heart and on your behalf. Now today, we begin a new lesson series entitled, The God of Covenants. Now over the next few episodes, we will consider covenants. What are they? How they work? Their present effect and benefit to our lives. But before we go any further, let's take a quick break for some important information. Pastor Kenneth would like to invite you to check out his two books, The Axe, The Root, and The Withered Fruit, and 50 Words of Encouragement Just For You. If you have been enjoying listening to Pastor Ken, dive deeper and head to Amazon today to find these two books. Well, welcome back as we continue our discussion on our new lesson for this particular morning. Let's seek to understand and embrace the working of God's covenant. First of all, the introduction and implementation of covenant relationship was and is God's invention, not humanity's. The whole idea and concept of this depth of relationship, this depth depth of agreement in the human idea was God's idea. It wasn't man's idea. Throughout the scripture, God has entered into several different covenants on a variety of occasions with various individuals and groups of people. But over all of these, God has established two major covenants. Now, I would believe that most of us know what those two major covenants are. But just in case, let me state them clearly. The two major covenants are the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. 
The first one depended upon the blood of bulls and goats and the efforts of sincere men. The prophet Moses was the administrator of that first covenant. The second covenant, however, being the new covenant, is dependent exclusively upon the body and the sinless blood of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead. Now, let's begin by defining the word covenant. In the scripture, the word covenant can be both a verb or a noun. It can be both words. And obviously, context rules everything. But the noun definition means this. It is a contractual arrangement between God and an individual or a group of people requiring a binding or legal obligation from one or both parties. One party is often of the stronger or higher status than the other. Now, the interesting thing about covenants is covenants do not require an equality. And what I mean by that is that you and I can enter a quality, you uh, enter a covenant rather, and you can be tall and I can be short. You can be strong and I can be weak. You can be wealthy and I can be poor, right? But we enter into the covenant. You see, it doesn't require both parties to offer equal portions, right? Doesn't require that as far as the offering of portions are concerned, their contribution is concerned. The verb translation of the word covenant means to cut or enter into a solemnly unified agreement conceived of as the cutting of a sacrifice associated with the making of a covenant. And lastly, covenant is defined as an unbreakable agreement between two parties with specific requirements for one or both participants. It includes both the blessing for honoring the covenant and consequences, right, consequences or curses for failing to honor the agreements, the ingredients in the covenant, which can include your death or even the death of your household. Now, the very first indication of a divine covenant is implied in the book of Genesis in chapter 2. In verse 7, and it says this, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now just think about that for a second. The Lord God, the Creator, formed the man from the dust of the ground and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Mankind, in other words, you and I, were created right from the beginning for an intimate and covenant relationship with God. God is literally breathing himself into his creation. The second portion of scripture where covenant is implied is the same chapter, but consider verses 15 through 17, where it says this, right? By the way, it was an arrangement initiated by God between Adam and himself, was that this portion of Scripture. But verse 15 says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden 
to work it and to take care of it. So here we have Adam's part of the covenant. Adam's contribution was to um, work the garden and take care of the garden. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. So there's the blessing of honoring the covenant. But then verse 17 says this, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Death being the consequences or the curse for breaking the covenant. So here we have right from the beginning this implication of covenant relationship. Now, many people enter into a marriage with a clearly, uh, which is rather clearly a covenant construct with a well-intended notion of partnership. The idea is that we are 50-50. They erroneously think this to be a superior and viable relationship. Beloved, and I just, you know, we've my wife and I have been married for uh, 49 years. And I say that not bragging, but I've learned over 49 years that a healthy marriage, a good marriage, is not 50-50. And I say, though they are genuine in their intentions and are very sincere, they only they are only establishing a pathway for failure in their relationship. Right? Point number one, right? Covenants, every covenant requires 100% participation. All that you have is mine, and all that I have is yours. That's the first point of a covenant. And we're going to put a comma right here, and I'm going to join you in the uh, next episode, and I would pray that you would join us back. Father, I want to just thank you right now for being gracious and merciful. Lord, I pray for those who hear and those who have heard, and we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to New Covenant Perspectives with Pastor Kenneth Reed. Don't forget to subscribe to stay connected to the podcast. And if you're looking for more from Pastor Kenneth Reed, don't forget to check out his two books, The Axe, The Root, and The Withered Fruit, and 50 Words of Encouragement Just For You on Amazon Now. This podcast is produced by Audiofy.